going to do two of the I am's of Jesus because they are both in the same story. And so we are going to read them. They're very short. Um, They come from the Gospel of John and the chapter 10. And we'll be reading from verse 1 through 16. Hear the word of the Lord. Very truly, I tell you, anyone who does not enter the sheepfold by the gate but climbs in by another way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper hears his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all of his own, He goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. They will not follow a stranger, but they will run from him because they do not know the voice of the stranger. Jesus used this figure of speech with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So again, Jesus said to them, Very truly, I tell you, I am the gate. Whoever enters by me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand, who is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and runs away. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. The hired hand runs away because a hired hand does not care for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold, and I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock and one shepherd. The word of the Lord. Well, this little talk about shepherds and sheepfolds and gates um, came after Jesus had been teaching in the temple grounds, and he had been arguing, if you will, with the Pharisees again about who he was and why he had come, and it was the same old story. He had been talking to them, and nobody believed, nobody listened, and he leaves. He leaves the temple grounds, and as he's leaving, the crowd brings him a man who has been blind since birth, and everyone had told this poor man, you're blind because of your sin or the sins of your parents, so you need to repent and get your act together if you don't want to be blind. But he had still remained blind. And so the people brought him to Jesus. 
not so much because they wanted the man to see again, but because they wanted to see if Jesus could work a miracle. It was one of those, do a miracle, do a miracle things. They really weren't too interested in the reason behind the miracle. They just wanted to see it. And so Jesus goes through the ritual of spitting in the mud, putting it on the guy's eyes, and lo and behold, he can see again. Well, the people are all, yay, Jesus, yay, this is great. But the Pharisees are going, here he goes again, showing off for the crowd and playing to the audience, if you will. And the Pharisees really failed to see the real miracle here. Well, the man says, look, I can see, I can see. And they said, it wasn't because of this Jesus guy. It just happened. How many times do we excuse miracles by saying, it just happened? It was just luck. And they said, don't believe this stuff about your sins being forgiven because you're still in sin and you still need to get right with God. Well, Jesus heard about this and he went back to the temple. And I think it's interesting that he went back because he interrupted what he was doing and what he had planned to go back to defend this poor man. He goes back to the temple and he talks to the man and he says, who healed you? And the man says, why you did, master. And Jesus asked, do you believe that I come from God? And the man says, I would like to see that. I would like to believe. We were still not, not believing. And Jesus tells him to repent of his sins, to turn to the Father. And he says, today you have seen the Father. And the man immediately worships him and is shouting joyfully about, here is our Messiah, everything is wonderful. And what do the Pharisees do? Bah humbug. Um, they said, now, again, we get this line, who do you think you are? You know, who do you think you are saying that you came from God? Who do you think you are saying that you healed this man? Who do you think you are? Same chorus that they've been chanting over and over again. Well, we're still in the early part of Jesus' ministry on earth, and he is still at the point where he's trying to convince the crowds and the people that he did come from God, that he was their Messiah, and that he was their hope. And that's the focus of what he's talking about. And so he tells them this story we heard today. Well, there are several elements in this story that I want to look at, but I first want to give a little background into sheep. How many of you know anything about sheep? A couple of people raised their hand. Well, sheep are these nice, lovable characters, but they are really kind of dumb. They're not the smartest of animals, and they, left to their own devices, will just wander around aimlessly. Like us. Like us. <laughs> they just wander around 
here and there and everywhere. And they look for one of the sheep to come to the forefront and be their leader. And like us, it's kind of, I don't want to be the leader. I'm not the leader. And so they watch each other, and they eventually will pick out one of them to be the leader. And wherever that sheep goes, they all go. Even if that sheep runs off of a cliff, they will all run off of the cliff. Okay, this is the nature of sheep. They are followers. And once they find a leader, they are obedient to that leader even to the very end. They're very faithful to their leaders. Well, the people of Jesus' time were very familiar with sheep because sheep were a main commodity of the people. They were a mainstay of their diet. Um, You saw sheep everywhere in the area. And they were also familiar with shepherds. A little background about shepherds. Shepherds did not own the sheep. Okay, the sheep were owned by some wealthy person who had bought and paid for them, but didn't want to do the grunge work involved with taking care of them. So they would hire someone to do the dirty work. And that someone was the shepherd. Shepherds were the lowest of the low. The only people below them was probably the tax collectors. But shepherds ranked really low down in the class system. They were dirty. They were often morally corrupt. They weren't looked upon with any sort of respect because they were paid to do the dirt work. And they were paid enough to live. They weren't paid overly well. They didn't become rich being shepherds. They made enough to get by. Now, some of the shepherds actually loved sheep, and they did their job well. They took care of them and saw to it that their needs were met and that they came back safely to the owner. But other shepherds said, I don't get paid much for this, so... I'm not going to put any effort into it. I'll just go out there and stand with the sheep, and that's that. If one wanders off, well, too bad. We just write it off as a loss. Um, If the wolf comes, I'm not sticking around because I'm not going to risk my life for these dumb sheep. Okay, Because they had no value to the shepherd. He wasn't going to get any money when they were sold off. He wasn't going to get anything from the sheep, and he wasn't getting paid much to do the job, so he really didn't care. Now, the story that Jesus told was spoken to the Pharisees, not to the people who were standing there, although the people heard it, but it was aimed at the Pharisees, because the Pharisees were seen as the shepherds of the people. Their job, their responsibility, was to see to it that the people were spiritually taken care of. That's why they were called. That's what God expected of them. That was their lot in life, if you will. And 
they hadn't been doing a very good job. Instead, they had built themselves up to be super brains because they knew the law better than everybody else. They had devoted their life to studying the law, and therefore they had elevated themselves way up above the people. I am better than you because I know the law. And furthermore, they had been teaching the people, and this didn't come anywhere from the scriptures at all, but they had been teaching the people, if you want to get right with God, you got to talk to me. I'm the only way that you can make yourself right with God. Because I'm the only one that knows the law well enough to tell you what you're doing wrong. You don't have enough brains to figure out what you're doing wrong. I do. And so I am your gate. This is what people believe. People bought into it. And they would go, if they committed a sin, they would go to the priest and they would confess their sins. And the priest would say, well, you broke this law and this law and this law. And the penalty for those laws is this, this, and this. And you have to do these things if you want to be right by God. And so they would go. They would make their sacrifices, donate their money, whatever the priest told them they had to do. And they weren't any better off than they were before. Okay. So Jesus was saying, you know, you guys are false shepherds. You're not doing your job. You're not taking care of the people. You're taking care of number one. You are failing me. Okay? And so he tells them this story. Now, in his story, he tells them, I am the gate. Now, some versions read, I am the door. Gate and door are synonymous. And what this was, was in Palestine, they built what were called sheepfolds. And they were three-sided stone enclosures that had one door. And the shepherds would all bring their sheep into the sheepfold at night for safety. Because the predators were largely out at night. They couldn't see them as well. The sheep were more vulnerable. So they brought them into these sheepfolds that were scattered around the area. And they pinned them up for the night. There was no gate on the door, though. Guess what was the gate? The shepherd. After all the sheep were in, the shepherd would lay himself down across the doorway, and therefore nothing could get in without him knowing it, and none of the sheep could get out without him knowing it. So he literally laid down his life for the sheep. This is the way it worked. And so Jesus says, now, there's only way into the, one way into the sheepfold. There's not a lot of other doors. If you get in any other way, it's because you're a thief or a robber, and you had to climb over the rock enclosure. You didn't go through the gate. There's only one gate to these sheepfolds. And then he tells them, I am the gate. I am that one way in. Now, 
we look at this a little closer, we see that we are the sheep. As I told you about sheep, people were going, yeah, it sounds like us, sounds like us. We are the sheep. And the shepherd is Jesus Christ. He is the one that leads us in, leads us out, and literally lays down his life to protect us. And he tells people, I'm the only one that's going to do that for you. I'm the only one that cares enough for you to look out for your well-being above my well-being. I look out for you before I look out for myself. I am the gate. And nobody gets into the sheepfold, which is representative of the kingdom of God. Nobody gets into the kingdom of God except through me. I guard. And I don't let in false teachers, and I don't let in sheep's wolves in sheep's clothing. An old saying that we hear all the time, oh, he's a wolf in sheep's clothing. Someone who acts very holy and good and right, but inside they're very wicked and evil. And he says, I know the difference. Because I know my sheep. I know who they are. And I can tell when one of these wolves try to sneak in. I am aware of that. These other people don't know. They can't tell. Oh yeah, it looks like a sheep to me. Must be a sheep. Has wool. Acts kind of dumb. Must be a sheep. They don't look too close. Well... He points this out to the Pharisees. And I can see that, you know, they might be a little uncomfortable, but the scripture tells us they still didn't get the point. They still didn't get what he was trying to say to them. So he proceeds on and he tells them, I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd that knows his sheep. I know who belongs to me. I know whose heart is right. I know who is hungry for God. I know who needs me. I know who belongs to me. And I also know who does not belong to me. Now, one thing about the sheep, the shepherds train their sheep to recognize the shepherd's voice. And the sheep would only follow someone that had that voice. If someone said, come on sheep, come this way, and it wasn't their shepherd, they would not follow. And so he's saying, you know, my sheep know who I am. My sheep know me, and they don't follow just anybody out of the crowd. Okay? Because they know that I know them and they know me. And he goes on to say, and I'm the one that I go out and I look for good pasture for them. I look for a good place for them. I plan a good life for them. I put them first. And they know that. Okay? They trust me to find the best pasture for them. And when I say, come on, we're going to go this way, like a sheep, they go, okay. 
and they follow along. And they get fed. They have all that they want. Spiritually, they are given everything they could possibly ever need and more. They are satisfied. He says, also, I, I am the one that looks out for them when they are hurt and wounded. When they are hurt and wounded and sick, I don't walk off and leave them. I don't say, oh, too bad, you know, we just write you off. We just write you out of the flock. No, I go out and I take care of them. I heal them. I make sure that they are back to good health because I care for them more than anything else in the world. And I don't want them to be sick and hurt and, and sad and lonely and all those bad things. I take care of them. Now, how many of you Pharisees go out of your way to make sure that somebody gets healed? Okay, this is the unspoken word. Now, how many of you go out of your way to make sure someone is healed? How far have you gone out to make someone feel better about themselves? How far out have you gone out of your way to see that they are well? Well, he goes on to say, you know, and, and furthermore, if one of them wanders off, as sheep are prone to do, I go and look for them. We all know the story about the shepherd that leaves his 99 sheep to go look for the one lost sheep. And Jesus says, if, someone, if one of my sheep wanders off, it is important to me to go find it. Okay, every sheep is important to me, from the littlest lamb to the oldest ram. They all are important to me. And if they get lost along the way to the pasture, I'm going to go get them. I will take the time and take the effort to go get them. How many of you have gone out of your way, Pharisees, to help the lost find their way back? All you do is tell them, you're lost. Get it together. Make yourself right. You're on your own now. You wandered off, too bad. So he's contrasting the good shepherd and the bad shepherd. And he ends up by saying, and I am willing to die for them. I'm not going to run off when the going gets bad. I'm not going to run off when the predator comes in to snatch the sheep away from me. I am willing to die protecting them. Like I said, many of the hired shepherds, they would just, hey, it's dangerous. I'm not going to lose my life over some dumb sheep. And they'd beat feet. But Jesus says, no, I'm going to stay till a bitter end and I will die for my sheep. How many of you are willing to do that? Well, you can imagine what the Pharisees thought about this because by now they're beginning to get the picture. 
it's beginning to sink into them what he is saying. That he is saying, you guys are bad shepherds of my people. You are not doing what God wants you to do. You're not following the orders of the owner. And this just incenses them. Rather than being contrite about themselves and what they've been doing, they become incensed. And they, they go on far enough to say, you know, this man is demon-possessed. He doesn't know what he's saying. Don't listen to him. He's just some fool. He's been controlled by the demon, and he's going to lead you wrong. We are going to lead you right. We will save you. Well, they saw themselves as the gate to salvation. And they saw themselves as the only gate to salvation. And they couldn't move beyond that. Now, many times I've said in here how if a person's heart is so hardened that they cannot see their own weaknesses, their own faults, their own sinfulness, that there's no way they're going to make it into the gates of heaven. Because they can't see them. They can't see how to get in the gates. They're lost. And that's exactly where the Pharisees were. Their hearts were so hardened that Jesus was a demon. He didn't know what he's talking about. We are who's important. And Jesus tells them that his sheep will know. They will know who is their shepherd. They will know what shepherd cares for them. And he won't lose them. And he says, and when they're all in the fold, I've got other sheep out there that i got to go get. And by this he was talking about the Gentiles. After I get to the Jews and I bring the Jewish people into the kingdom of heaven, I'm going to go out to the Gentiles. I'm going to make sure all the sheep are in the sheepfold before I close the gate. And that's where he lets the story end. So we see that, you know, at this point Jesus turns, he walks away, and the Pharisees are left standing there going, what a fool. What a fool this Jesus is. Who does he think he is anyway? And at this point, they're really beginning to get angry with him. They are really beginning to feel threatened by him because people are beginning to see that he is the true way, that he is their ticket to heaven, that he is the one that cares about them. And the Pharisees are beginning to go, this guy's a danger to us. And so kind of at this point in John's gospel, we see a shift in Jesus, and we see a shift in his approach to the people and to the Pharisees. He kind of shifts from trying to say, I am the Messiah, to I am going to die and be resurrected. His focus begins to change at this point. He kind of looks at these guys who are saying, nope, you are not the Savior, we are the Savior's. 
And he begins to say, okay, I'm done with you. And so we begin to see a difference in John's gospel from this point on. So as you're reading through John, look for that shift after this story of the shepherds, where Jesus begins to turn more away from telling the Pharisees where they are falling short and more into telling the people, I'm going to die for you. I am going to give my life for you, and I will buy you eternal life. So this is a real shift point. So what can we learn from this? To me, reading the Bible and and seeing what Jesus said is great, it's wonderful, but it doesn't do any good unless I can apply it to me, unless I can see how I can use it and how I can apply it. So how do we apply this story? First of all, I have to see that Jesus is my shepherd. I have to know his voice. I have to know him. I have to be willing to follow him anywhere. Even if he says, jump over the cliff, I've got to be able to say, I'll jump over the cliff. I've got to really know him, and I've got to trust him, just like a sheep. And once I do that, I should know that I will have everything I need. That spiritually he will fill me up. Physically he'll provide for my needs. Emotionally he'll provide for my needs. And what he provides will be good pasture. I have to believe that. Just like the sheep trust the shepherd to find them good pasture. I'm going to be able to trust Jesus and say, Okay, I trust you to find good pasture for me. I've got to turn to him when I'm hurt, when I'm sick, when I'm lonely, when I'm sad. I've got to turn to him and say, help me, Jesus. I know you can make it better. I can't sit on my pride and say, well, God wouldn't want me to bother him with this little problem. God wants us to bother him with little problems. He wants us to recognize that we need him and we depend on him for our very being. And we have to be willing to go to him, to let him work with us and to heal us and to make us better. And I need, when he puts me in that kingdom, I need to stay there. I need to stay in that sheepfold where I know I am safe, where I know I am loved, I am protected, and where I need to be. I don't want to wander out that gate and go off on my own way. If I do, Jesus is going to come looking for me. Okay? Because he's not going to let us go. He's already said, once you see me and know me and turn to me, I'm not going to let you go. So you go wandering off, and I'm going to come looking. I'm going to come get you. And so I don't worry about, oops, I made a big mistake. I committed a sin. Oh, Jesus is never going to forgive me. No, 
He's going to get me and bring me back to the sheepfold. But it's my responsibility to stay in that sheepfold. To the best of my ability, it's up to me to stay where Jesus wants me to be. Okay, even though I know he's going to come get me if I wander off, I can feel secure in that knowledge that I'm not going to wander forever. But I need to stay where he puts me. I need to stay put. And I also need to know that he's never going to leave me. He's going to lay down across the gate of my life, and he's going to stay there. He's not going to let any false teachers come in and snake me away. He's not going to let me go back and rebuke him and never come back. He's going to stay right there in front of my gate. So, in conclusion, what I would like to leave you with is I wrote down a series of questions for you all to think about this week. As I always leave you with something to think on during the week, here's your list for today. Are you wandering aimlessly through life without direction? Like a sheep on his own? Are you stubbornly insisting on doing it your way instead of the Lord's way? Are you easy prey for false teachers? Do you follow every passing fad that says, I've got the solution to life. I've got the answers. Are you easy prey to that? Or do you turn to the shepherd to protect you? Do you recognize your shepherd? You really know who he is? Do you really know the sound of his voice? And finally, are you willing to follow him over the cliff? Are you willing to go that far? I encourage you to think about these things. Ponder them. So, it's okay to be a sheep. It's okay to be a follower. It's okay to be gullible. It's okay to to be dumb. Sheep are nice, lovable creatures. They're part of the beauty that God created. Just be sure to know your shepherd. Amen.